Hello there, fellow idiots. Welcome to Nick the Idiot podcast. I'm your host, Nick the Idiot. So I was going to do, I thought about doing a whole podcast in an accent of some kind, um, preferably this completely muddled British accent. And I'd have told you that I was doing it um, to represent the everyman. So I'm not going to do one accent. I'm going to muddle them together. And then you get to just experience all of Great Britain. But here's the thing. It's mainly because I'm totally ignorant of them all and I've no formal training in them. So um, they can be boiled down to crappy movies I've seen, like Pirates of the Caribbean and great movies I've seen, like Pirates of the Caribbean 2, (laughs) joking, no, Monty Python, things like that. So I told myself, do an accent the whole time. People will love it. Then I realized, no, they won't. You don't. They didn't come here to listen to a poorly done British accent. They came here to listen to a poorly done American accent. So that reminds me of when when I was giving talks, I used to begin for the first 30 seconds, I would do an accent of some kind just to get people to listen. Because if you start with an accent, people go, oh, he's foreign. Oh, even though I don't know what I'm speaking about. And um, I was at a school in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, and I started the podcast, I mean, started the, the talk at a school assembly. And I started with the accent, and they were all like, oh, amazing. Wow. He, he must know what he's speaking about. And um, and the thing is, I'm a stupid, I'm an idiot. So um, I forgot to stop the accent. I, I, I got about 22 minutes into the talk and realized, oh, bollocks, I've not stopped. I'm lying to the children this whole time. And so I didn't know what to do because what do you do? You can't just stop and say, hello, I'm a moron. So you just got to get it across in other ways that you're a moron. So I decided, you know what, um, what I'll do is I'm just going to just pick some random sentence in my my speech and, and just phase into my Minnesotan accent, my normal one. And they'll never know the wiser. So I started, I picked a sentence and then just in the middle of the sentence, I slowly just phased into my Minnesotan accent and just kept going and hopefully no one would notice. And the thing was, I did and I won. Nobody noticed. I thought I was in the clear. I was like, I own this world. And then um, then I saw it happen all at once. I looked out and every face, virtually all at once, every brow furrowed. And every head cocked to the side, and people were like, "Is he having a stroke? Am, am I having a stroke? Somebody's having a stroke." And all the adults, like on the edges, were like, "What have we done? We, we, what have we done?" And I just had to stop and be like, "Hi, I'm so sorry." I, and I explained it, and um, uh, people still remember. If you're from Sleepy Eye, you know, you know. So anyway, um, sorry, that was just an accent. Um, it's late again. These are always going to be late because when everybody goes to sleep. Right now I have a, a six-week-old strapped to my chest and then everyone else in the house is asleep. So anyway, ooh, yeah, she made a noise. Um, so yeah, that that's we should move on with the, with the actual podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking the other day how – so when, when I was in college, I went, I went to uh, Summers of God Bible College in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was on the road – 
um, full time for about a year traveling with this theater group, um, total of a year. We traveled all over the, the Midwest and the East Coast, um, and it was really, really awesome. Uh, but I, I started noticing something happen, um, and this is probably just me, but like, you know, I was about a 20 year old, a 20 year old, and um, we're traveling around, and I'm in new towns, you know, every day, and we're, we're doing all these events, these youth camps, and there's tons of people, and um, I started to realize, like, my goodness, there are there are ladies in every town and every everywhere we go, there was just women everywhere. There, they were everywhere, and I was utterly distracted. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I always had a propensity to like the ladies, and so I, I was distracted. Like it, we were trying to, you know, do God's work or whatever, and we're traveling around. And I just kept being completely distracted from what God had me to do. Cause I was just like, I would walk into a room and you, you meet a new woman and you're like, is she the one? And it becomes like an obsession. Just like you might remember being like, maybe it was just me, but you might remember being that way. Just thinking like, okay, she's the one, she's the one. Like you're, I was at, I'd be like at a McDonald's and she'd be like, what well, can I take your order? And I'd be like, are you the one? <laughs> and she'd be like, no, I am definitely not. I mean, just judging by the fact that you're here at McDonald's. I, you're not the one for me. And I'd be like, you're working here. And she'd be like, back off. And then we both knew that she wasn't the one. So, but like, that was an obsession to me. Like I just, I, I was utterly distracted. And um, when the, the spring or the fall semester was over on the Christmas break, I was, was really at like a crossroads with God. I was like, I don't know. I'm so tired of being distracted. I, I don't want to be distracted anymore. Um, and I was a I was a theater major, obviously very impetuous, very dramatic, um, and so I just like not on a whim, but just in the time of prayer, I was just like, you know what, God, I'm I'm done. So I, and I don't recommend anyone to do this. It just happened to work because God was probably like, ugh, gotta deal with this idiot. So I was just like in a, in the middle of prayer, just kind of like, you know what, I need to meet her, whoever she is, this semester, or I'm out. And I see, I wasn't, so I wasn't Catholic. I didn't have, I didn't have the idea of like the sacrament of holy orders or like a vow of celibacy. I didn't have even the terminology. Like I just wasn't a concept that we had really delved into uh, in, in my circles and stuff. So I, I just used the term I used in prayer was like, I just, I will vow to be a bachelor. And I meant it. Like I, I remember very clearly, like I would have, I had made a vow, like, or I, I was willing to make a vow. I made a promise with God. If I don't find the one, if you don't bring somebody into my life this semester that I am, that it is clear to me that, you you know, she's the one you want me to wear, Mary, then, um, then I'll just take a vow and I'll be single my whole life. I'll be a consecrated bachelor. And, um, and so and that, and it was weird because I said it and then I felt like God was like deal. And I'm like, crap. Oh man, I thought you weren't listening. And I like I was immediately a little scared that he'd take me up on it. So my semester started and um I you know, I it was funny this girl that I had liked in high school and had always kind of like I don't know, flirted with at youth events and stuff. She lived really far away, but um we would see each other at youth events and I had always liked her and she showed up at the school I was at and was like, "Hey, do you want to go out?" And, I'm, and I remember looking like praying like, "Wow, you're you're so efficient, God. <laughs> like that was, that was fast. I should have done it a long time ago. And so we went on a date and like, long story short, cause it's supposed to be short podcast. Like the entire date, like the second she got in the car, like my stomach was like, I was about to vomit. Like it was like when you get caught doing something as a kid and you were like utterly 
like ashamed and just sick to your stomach at having gotten caught. And I couldn't explain it because she's a wonderful woman. And I mean, a nice person. And I always like that. And like the whole day, like we were out to dinner and she's like, this is nice. I'm like, is it? Mm, is it like just holding down the vom and went to a movie and anyway at the end of the night like there was just it was like one of those like you would like there was no way on earth i just knew like it was wrong it was wrong it was wrong and i remember going back to my room thinking my dorm just thinking like dang i think that's it i think god just showed me like showed me the path that he has for me and um and I got a chance. To, I went. I went on one other date with a girl in the theater department. A very nice girl, a girl that I, you know I was attracted to. And we went out, and it was the same thing. Like the door shuts, and I'm like blah blah. Like sorry, I puked on you. And then bring her home. And so like it was weird because I was like, okay, well, the, God didn't have to be that drastic, but I get apparently he he's showing me what he wants for me. So I am. Um, I got to go to this audition like uh, like towards the end of February of the spring semester. And um, it was this night of one acts. And so we we're all auditioning and um, I was there and I looked like just randomly across the crowded room and there was this woman there and she like, was, there was this soft light, like a spotlight. There were these fat angels flying over her and it was just like, I couldn't like I saw her and I was like, Oh my goodness, good gracious. Hello. Uh, but I couldn't, I was so flustered talking to her. In fact, we had to say a couple lines together just like for auditions. And I remember just thinking like, Oh man. And she's like, hi. And I like, that's what I got. I'm sorry. I, that's it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't, I don't know what to say. And, um, so anyway, long story short, like I, I, I was like, eventually I got a chance to, um, ask her out. We got cast and we were, Rolf and Liesel in Sound of Music, just the one act, you know, like, I am 16, going on 17. Um, and and so we, we acted that out. And after one of the rehearsals, I had just, I was like, did you want to go out? And we went out and I was just waiting for him. Like, you know what? What the heck? I'll try a puke date. You know, this can only can only go poorly. <laughs> so like I, she got in the car and like the door clicks and it was just, just perfect. And we went out and <laughs> I was laughing. Our first movie, our first date was a Holocaust movie, <laughs> which is not the most romantic thing to do. Just watch the genocide of an entire race. But for some reason, like, it, I mean, it was a, it's an amazing movie. And we, the date was wonderful. And I swallowed the food like I ate and I didn't puke. And, and, uh, it was weird because I remember walking back going like, this is weird. I Obviously you don't be like, you're the one you have no choice. And that freaks people out. You can't, you can't do that. But, um, but we started dating and like the day before I told her flat out that I liked her, I knew that I loved her. Like I just, I, it was on my end. Cause that is what I needed. Um, just for between God and I, it was, it was, um, there was a certainty. Uh, there was a peace. Um, and we've been married 18 years and it's, it's, I, I can't, uh, the other day, my son, my 14 year old said, dad, what if I had come from the future, uh, and shown you when you were like a freshman in college, who you'd marry? I'd be like, I wouldn't believe you. There'd be no way There'd, I know for a fact that, that a, a woman that amazing is never going to even say hi, unless it's like, hi, can you pump the gas for me, please? Um, and like, this is this is the just the the life that I have, and I'm very I, I can't believe um, that the marriage we have is what it is, and, and that we are where we are, and um, 
so it, the reason the reason I'm telling you that is because this is National Vocations Week, and so like uh, in in our world, you know, in the Catholic world, vocation isn't like your job. Your vocation is um, based, and this is just the way I put it. But basically, when God made you, formed you in your mother's womb, and gave you a physical body, a spirit a spirit body composite, when you gave when He gave you this life. Then he did it knowing, he, I mean, obviously knowing you better than you know yourself, but knowing exactly in what way you will receive and give love to the best degree in order to attain intimacy with Christ and eternity with him. So he knows, like he made you out of complete love because God is love and he made you just, just in love with you. And he made you like with it, your life, like if you will, just planned out going like this is this way will make Nick as happy as as humanly possible, and this will get him closer to me. Um, and that would be, that's a way of thinking of your vocation. Like when you out there, if you're not in your vocation yet, when God made you, he he made you just just to love you, and and because he's he's like utterly, uh, infinitely, beautifully in love with you. He made you so that there is a way that you can live um, in this dance with him, in this following him as he woos you into depth of relationship with him. As you follow him, there are ways that he wants to guide you that will make you happiest, that will draw you closest to him in whom all happiness lies. Um, and some of us, that we were born to get married. Some of us were born... Uh, to to have to to take that vow of holy orders to be celibate of consecrated life to say you know what uh, marriage is amazing but it is not what I'm called to and uh, so my best friend Father Mike like we we were talking I remember this was years and years ago and um and we we're sitting there talking about vacations marriage and he's like no I'm I'm well aware I would I would not I would be a bad husband but I'm a good priest. And I had this dawning because when we first discovered the church, I was pretty enamored with the priesthood, just just the idea of it, not not the celibacy and not the like not getting married thing because I was already married. Um, there's I'm sure people make a joke, but I, I, it was more just the idea of um, of dispensing the sacraments, you know, that a priest does, like just getting to do that for me, like to hear confessions. Con you know, confession is my favorite place. It's I mean, it's the safest place in the universe. It's the, the the redemption and the power of grace that you experience. I was like, man, to be able to offer that to somebody. But very quickly, I became well aware I would be a bad priest because I'm made to be a husband. I mean, I'm made to be uh, I'm made to be married. And so for you, I just, I don't know, I kind of wanted to encourage people, like if you're not in your vocation yet, there's ways of thinking like, oh gosh, what's he going to do? Oh, what's he going to ask? But it's more like, no, dude, whatever, whatever you want to bring, I am convinced it will make me happiest. If you want to bring, um, you know, a long life and a long marriage and uh, five kids or whatever, you know, like, like we have and all the chaos that goes with it and the exhaustion, fine. That please do bring it on add weight whatever you want to do i i will i will do that uh because i trust you god and and if you if you if you're you know there's i hear a lot of people be like well but i've always known i'm supposed to get married okay well then odds are you're supposed to get married then you have nothing to be afraid of and that, that's kind of the bottom line is uh john paul ii used to say all the time be not afraid he would say that to the youth but you listening if you aren't in your vocation be not afraid. You don't have anything to be afraid of. The person who, who loves you most, who has your best in mind, would love to guide you into love. And, and all you need to do is say to God, listen, whatever you want, you know, let it be done to me. 
if you want to guide me into marriage, fine. Celibacy, fine. Uh, it's tit for tat. It's whatever you want to guide me into, I'll go there. I always say that like if Jason, you know, Jason's finally a doctor and if she <laughs> she were to come home one night and be like, you know what, I'm kind of done with the medicine. It's It's been, you know, it's been almost a year. I think I'm good. I want to just, I want to, I want to run a Dairy Queen. I, I mean, I'd ask her why. I'd really want to talk about it and just be like, can we just think this through? Because there's so much debt. <laughs> but I would also just be like, you know what, fine. Where, can I go with you? I mean, is this Dairy Queen close by? <laughs> can I... Can I, can I be a part of it? Because that's all I really care about is to be with you. And when we kind of get to that point, we can just say to God, as long as I can be with you, I don't care. I, if Celibacy, fine, because you're my companion anyway. Like no physical intimacy, fine. You're my intimacy anyway. Or if you're called to marriage, then fine. It, then you are called to that because it is how you will receive and give love the best. So I just want to encourage you guys, don't be afraid of anything. There's there's just, there is literally, people use it all the time, oh, I literally, yeah, okay, there is literally nothing to be afraid of when you're with him, when you're close to him, when you stay close to the one from who you come, but who from who you are made and for who you are made. Like he's your origin and he's your ending. He's the source and summit. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. Let him. Let him call you into the thing that you're so scared of. And what you'll find is that you didn't. You can't fathom the life that you have. There's no way you could have planned the goodness that he actually has in store. Not that it's easy. Marriage is its own cross. Father Mike always says marriage is where bad people go to die to themselves. And it's true. It's, it's where you go. It, it is a cross. But it, it, it's uh, like... um. It's a burden, but it's a burden worth bearing. And if it's celibacy, that is its own burden. It is its own cross. It is its own stress and confusion. You have you have way more kids than if you get you're in matrimony. You have a whole flock. Fine, okay, bring it on. Bring as many as you want. I'm open to life. So no matter what, no matter what, it's just goodness. Uh, and it's just, I just wanted to encourage people this week. Just trust him. Trust him with everything, and you will not. It's hilarious. I um I touched the stop recording button early. Can you believe that? I don't oh, what an idiot. Anyway, I guess the only thing I have to say is I hope you have a good life and I'll see you on the other side. Nah, and I'm still recording. <laughs>